0: Good morning, guys. I'm so happy that you can be here with me right now, uh, virtually, wherever you may be. Right now, I'm actually on my back porch, so you may be able to hear some of the birds chirping today. But I'm really glad that you guys are joining me, especially since I know some of you probably can't come on most Friday mornings because of work or school or whatever. Um, My name is Max Groene. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Associate at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, and I will be teaching today. So we always start with some announcements. My only announcement today is You don't have to put your chair away when we're finished. Isn't that great? Um, But let's start by just bowing our heads and praying together before we dive into the Word. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being um, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, merciful. Uh, God, in Philippians 4, uh, we learn that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. And Lord, we truly do not understand what's happening right now in our world, God. Um, things are happening and we don't know why Uh, we don't even truly comprehend the severity of anything God Um, but in the midst of this uncertainty Lord we pray for your peace your peace that surpasses our understanding Um, we ask that you increase our faith to just trust you and love you in the midst of this God Uh, we ask that you be with us today even as we are apart Lord your spirit joins us together With one another, and more importantly, with you, God. So, we just ask that we be able to feel that spirit right now as we study your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we've been going through Mark, and as Hunter has told us over and over and over again, um, Mark teaches us to serve and suffer like our Savior. And the serving part being uh, Mark chapter 1 through chapter 12, and then suffering starting with chapter 12 taking us through the end of mark in in chapter 16 and so as we get ready to dive into mark chapter 12 today we're actually at that flip in mark where where we've seen christ serve and christ serve and christ serve um, and now we're going to watch our savior suffer and learn from that how we can also serve and suffer just like jesus christ did so we're going to read through mark 12. we're going to start by reading verses 1 through 13 so if you have your Bibles or your phone or whatever it is, please uh, grab that out right now and we're going to start reading. So Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 13, 1 through 12. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat, and some they fil- they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent to them, he sent him to them, saying, "They will respect my son." and they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. We start here with a parable that Jesus tells us. So let's keep in mind as we study this that a parable is gonna be a comparison that helps us to see or to understand. Um, Here, Christ is giving us a comparison or a metaphor to help us understand the world around us, the world he lived in, the world we live in, Um, and then he's also going to use the same metaphor to foretell um, of his own death really getting in there how Christ suffered for us in verse 1 we see our creator God Um, it says that and he began to speak to them in parables a man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower this man created the vineyard In the same way, our Father God created the world. He is our ultimate creator. Um, But in the same way, he is not in the world, but left the world for others to run, others to steward that. And so here we could talk and learn a lot about what it means to be stewards of God's world. We don't own the world. Um, We did not create the world, obviously. God is the creator, and God runs, uh, God tells us to run and steward be good stewards of of the planet of everything around us of the world. And I love that uh, I think when I was growing up I heard a lot of stories of God being like a clockmaker who takes all these gears and puts them into place and then is hands off and you get rid of the clock, you sell it, whatever it is, and it's so intricate but it just keeps running itself. That is not the case here. God is not a God that is just passive and is hands-off. In verse 2, after he's leased out to the tenants, after he has people that are supposed to steward this, this vineyard for him or steward the world for him in our case, he sends uh, a servant. And it says in verse 2, When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. In the same way, God sends people to us. In the same way, God sent prophets to Israel. And so... Uh, God is not a passive God who is just hands off, but he's involved in our lives. He's involved in his creation, in his world, in his vineyard, in this parable. But that servant is beat and sent back. And again, beat and sent back. And then a third servant, things escalate and they kill him and send him back empty handed. And if you're like me, you might be thinking, why is this owner and creator sending servant after servant when the same thing happens over and over and over again? But I did some reading on this, and apparently it's very common back in the day for things to just be difficult to collect on debts or on payments, um, and this is probably actually what an owner would have done back in, in, back in that day. They would have sent a servant, sent a servant, sent a messenger, sent a messenger, um, and it wouldn't have been hard for people hearing this parable to comprehend that this is a real situation that could happen. Um, it's not terribly uncommon. It's very believable. Um and so in this parable we see that this the servants and the messengers that the owner sends to his vineyard are like the prophets that God has sent to his people. They come and they tell what is going you know they they bring a message and are kind of speaking to God on behalf of those people. Uh, and in the same way in scripture um that's what the prophets were doing. I think it's important to realize here Um, something that's echoed through all of the New Testament that the call to being a servant of the Lord, the call to being a messenger for the Lord is not guaranteed to be easy. I think that we love to think um, and it makes us feel good and you see this preached in a lot of places and it's a very successful gospel which is the prosperity gospel that if you're a servant of the Lord good things happen to you. What happened to the servants of this creator? Nothing good they got to serve God and they got to know God and that's all great, but people treated them disrespectfully. Uh, They were beaten and some were killed. And I think that's important for us to realize as we feel this call to be servants and messengers of the gospel is that at times it's going to be very difficult. Um, At times in one way or another, we're going to be beaten down for the gospel, uh, for God. Um, But in Matthew, we also learn that You know, we're blessed for that. Um, And in in James, it says, blessed are those who are steadfast under trial, uh, that it's counted to us as a blessing when we're persecuted. Um, In verse 6, we see that um, the owner isn't just going to keep sending servants. It says, he still had one other, a beloved son. And finally, he sent him to them saying, they will respect my son. I love this because it actually sets up Jesus as another prophet or another messenger or another servant even. Um, It says he had one other. And so we see that Jesus is not just the son of God, but he's also a prophet that came to proclaim God's word. But more than that, it says he's one other. But not only that. He's a beloved son and that's what sets him apart from the past servants and messengers. He's more than just another prophet. He's the son of the creator. Um, He's he's Christ who has uh, authority. And this is Christ even declaring his own authority to the priests and scribes and elders that he's speaking of, speaking to. Um, And then ultimately, this son is killed. And in the same way, Christ will be killed by the tenants, by those that are supposed to be running the world for the Creator, by the prophets, I mean, not the prophets, by the priests, by the scribes, by the elders. They're the ones that scheme against Christ, and that's foretold right here. Right here, as we transition from from serving to suffering of our Savior, we see it right away. Christ is saying, I will suffer for you. I will be killed for you. And then we get to verse ten, where Christ actually quotes Psalm one eighteen verses twenty two and twenty three. He says, "The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous, and it is marvelous in our eyes." And so I think it's easy, to even when we go back to verse six, it says, "They will respect my son as he sends his son to them." And so we could look at that and be like, "Oh my gosh, God thought that they would respect Christ, but they killed him. God was wrong." But right away, Christ negates that. He says that's not the case. He says that this is what was supposed to happen. This was the Lord's doing. And in Psalm 118, that's actually followed by saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's the verse directly following the verses that Christ quotes. And I think that that's so crazy. Wow. It's amazing for Christ to tell of his own, of his own prophecy Uh, of of his own death and then say um, it is marvelous in our eyes it is the Lord's doing and almost saying rejoice in it it blows my mind that a man could stand here and say I'm going to die God wills it it's marvelous rejoice in it but make no mistake it is positive it is a good thing that Christ died because we get to have relationship with our father again, with the creator, with the owner of the vineyard. And that is a beautiful thing. Um, and then he says, uh, you know, in verse nine, what will the owner of the vineyard do? And this is kind of echoing something that we learned about in chapter 11 with the fig tree, where he curses the fig tree. That's not bearing fruit. And in the same way, um, he'll destroy the tenants that are not bearing fruit. Um, and then with some foreshadowing at the end of this, it says they were seeking to arrest him but feared the people for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. And so they let him, they left him and went away. And here we have a little bit of foreshadowing. And I think once we finish learning about this parable, we can come back and say, how can we be servants of the creator and the owner of the vineyard? How can we be servants of God? How can we be messengers? Um, How can we serve a Lord who not only is our creator and not only a sovereign, but how can we serve the Lord who sent his only beloved son to embrace death um, and called it a marvelous thing, um, embrace the death that we deserved? And I think that that's a great lesson to take from the parable of the tenants. Then we move forward and we go into paying taxes to Caesar um, and I think that we, we say uh, what does it mean to be a messenger, what does it mean to be a servant, but what does it mean to be those things in a world where other people seemingly have authority. Um, and I think it's going to have some really important implications for our present situation even as we are diving into the word apart and the situation that has, has made that um, almost necessary. And so please take your Bibles, and we're going to read verses 13 through 17 right now. So Mark 12, 13 through 17. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. So we see that this is linked to the previous scripture because after the parable of the tenants, the the priests and the scribes and the elders left. But then they sent back to Christ right after that the Pharisees and the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And so that's how it's linked to the previous scripture. Um, And I love this passage because I don't feel like it's incredibly cryptic. There's not a lot of background information that we need to know. And what's also interesting is that uh, when you look into commentaries, it says that this scripture often becomes this thing that people want to base their entire lives on Uh, and while we do need to take this and learn from it because all of scripture is good for learning and teaching um, which we get from Timothy but um, it's almost more important to just say look at it and say wow look at the situation that Christ was in immediately after teaching he's put in this situation where they're trying to trap him but he's so wise, um, and he, he works these words around. And, and, and in the end, these people that came to trap him marveled at him. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but there's one thing about this that really sticks out to me right now. And I think that we just look at the situation with COVID-19, with us being apart right now. It's a crazy time that we're living in. Um, Last week, I heard that a politician explicitly recommended that people not attend church in the midst of the COVID-19 situation. And this week, I know that a lot of state governments have come out and, and limited how many people can actually gather together and restaurants are closing and churches are not meeting and people are freaking out. They're saying, oh my gosh, we are being told by the government that we can't come together as a church. The government is telling us that we can't worship God. But I think it's important to say that no one is saying that we can't worship God. No one is telling us that we can't practice our faith. Look at us right now, as we all tune in on our own devices in our own homes, wherever we are, um, to worship, to learn about scripture. And Christ says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Render to God what is God's. And when I read render to Caesar what is Caesar's, that means following guidance and obeying some of these rules that are set. And ultimately, we made our decision uh, whether to not be together today on Friday because of safety concerns, but also out of respect for the rules that have been set. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that Christ is almost saying. We get to render to God what is God's. And that means our hope. That means our faith, our worship. But we also render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And as we meet in this state, in this country, um, we want to obey those rules that are set for us, um, especially when they're very sensible rules. Um, but it's important that in the midst of this, we, as we follow these rules, as we obey the things that are, that are above us from our government, um, as we render to Caesar what is Caesar's, that we continue to render... God what is God's that we continue to put our faith in him put our hope in him that we continue to ask for the peace that comes from him that we continue to worship him Um, and lastly like the Pharisees and the Herodians who came for the wrong reasons may we dive into the word and ultimately may we marvel at what God has done may we marvel at Christ and the way that he was born a man, that he came and lived a perfect life, the way that he died a death that we deserved. May we marvel at that and render to God what is God's, our worship, our faith, our love. And so I think once we finish this section, um, we're at a point where we can reflect. I think that we should be reflecting on how can we be servants and messengers of our Creator How can we not be these reckless tenants that just do whatever we want um, on his property? And especially in the midst of our current situation, how can we be messengers of God? How can we be serving him while respecting the advice that has been given from Caesar um, without spreading illness? How can we continue to place our faith in God to serve him and to obey him? How can we love those around him? And so please just uh, bow your heads with me as we, as we close in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, help us to be like your servants and not like the tenants who are prone to forget your authority and are prone to rebel against you, God. Help us to be present in the midst of this COVID-19 situation, to love your people well, um, to balance giving Caesar what is Caesar's, but with loving you, Father, with placing our faith in you and with obeying you. Help us to be messengers to those around us today and throughout the next days. Father, we love you and we, we want to serve you. And so we thank you for sending your own beloved son to die for us, that we may have the opportunity to know you, to love you and to take a part in your ministry that we can be messengers and servants for you. Uh, Father, continue to bless us and watch over us. Uh, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I hope that you guys will worship with your home church online uh, this Sunday. I know that Travis's sermon this last week really spoke to me. Um, And stay tuned. Next week, Claude will be doing our virtual men's breakfast teaching. Um, So I'm very excited for that. So go and be servants and messengers for the owner and the creator of everything. Go in peace.